and welcome to Living Your Legacy. My name is Liam McCormick. I'm a senior strategist on the Family Advisory and Philanthropy Services team here at UBS. The mission of our group is to serve as a thought partner for exceptional families. We understand that our clients' needs extend beyond the purely financial. So we take a strategic and sustainable approach to managing their wealth for continuity. Part of this is working with our clients and their families to help them articulate and implement a legacy. Through our dialogue, we hope to inspire and guide clients to explore their purpose and begin building their legacy. This concerted effort to identify guiding values and creating a legacy takes time but can be built through intentional decisions and actions. Our guest today is John Insera, who literally walked into his purpose after retirement from a successful career and continues to live out his legacy with each step he takes. John is action-orientated. Having founded and run his own restaurant, he spent over 35 years successfully building, shaping, and scaling high-growth hospitality brands, such as the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, Kipton Hotels, and many restaurants. After retiring last year, his energy and focus became building community in a divided nation. He founded For Our Shared Humanity, a charitable nonprofit organization created to shape and share an educational, cross-generational voice focused on strengthening the indivisibility rooted in the common ground upon which we all walk. John decided to start his journey by walking from West Hope, North Dakota, yes, North Dakota, to Hope, Texas, 1,700-mile hike over 120 days down the spine of the USA, which he called Walking the Middle. John, welcome to UBS, Living Your Legacy. Thank you, Liam. It's great to join you and your listeners. It's a privilege to have you here, and I'm, I'm really excited to hear about your, your experience. But first, what was the transition like from a life spent working in the hospitality industry to beginning retirement and then to start a nonprofit? Where did the idea come from to walking the middle and creating for our shared humanity? Thanks, Liam. Uh, great question. In, you know, in the transition, it was really refreshing to think of uh, all the time that I was going to gain back in my life after an extremely demanding career investment in hospitality and service. It was the gift of time. The key was figuring out how to repurpose the energy and creativity that I was accustomed to, in addition to taking advantage of the leadership expertise that I gained as a hospitality executive over the span of four decades. For me, I've always had the realization that my career, although it's very rewarding, it was different than what my true life's work was meant to be. In retirement, I was excited to take these next steps in realizing my life's work. As I reflected on the expertise that I had gained throughout my career, the, the things that I became really good at, I was confident that I could connect those skills with what I love to do and what has purpose in our current world, the why, if you will. Bringing light to launching this non-for-profit focused on promoting a voice for national unity was the outcome. With so much focus and time and energy spent today on taking sides, digging in heels, one-way conversations, finger pointing and division, I decided my talents and desires would be best used 
to shine light on a positive strength coming from the common ground on which we all truly walk as a nation. We have more in common than we have different. And I saw a need, an immediate need, to reestablish a strong voice behind our commonalities and our shared humanity, to bring back the indivisibility in our national pledge. So the 1,700-mile walk that I just completed straight down the middle of the country, that was a specific action that I initially took to launch for our shared humanity, or what I'm calling FOSH. And that's an educational nonprofit to nurture the positive voice that I'm talking about. This walk about this this walk was literally taking the next step. It was walking down an uncommon path, uncommon ground, seeking common humanity. Wow, John, that's that is inspirational. I, and I'm guessing that it's such an audacious goal. It's such a big idea uh, you know, to cross the country. It's one thing to come up with that, but how do you get the support of your most intimate community, you know, of Carol, your wife of over 30 years, and your family? I mean, I suspect when she's thinking about retirement, that wasn't what they were thinking, uh, especially with such a, such a big idea of what you want to do. That's a great point. Yeah, as a husband to Carol and a parent to, to three remarkable young men, uh, they're all currently in their 20s, uh, I've been prepping my family over the years, that there was more to your life's work than just your career, that the next step is always the most important, especially when you want to take advantage and positively impact the privilege of our time walking on earth. So after I retired last October, I used my initial time to organize my thoughts about what I believed was truly my life's work, what my purpose was, my, my why. I leaned into several of uh, my learned skills, like organizational, creativity, marketing, communication. To, and I actually created a PowerPoint, Liam, around that connection exercise that I just mentioned earlier, connecting what I'm good at with what I love to do with my definition of purpose. This really helped me visualize the right next step in my life's work. I was not looking to figure it all out at once. I just wanted to understand what was the right next step. Most importantly, I wanted to set an example for my sons that they could take advantage of early in their careers, which were all starting to unfold. I officially presented the PowerPoint, Liam, uh, to Carol at the end of 2020, basically a year ago this past December. And uh, I, I showed her how the entire family could participate. Carol's reaction was very simple. She looked me right in the eyes and she said, you have to do this. <laughs> I had their support. It was, it was key. Yeah, I, I love that. So it was always like, the offer you can't refuse. You gave so much, um, you know, so, so much information. And what I really love, and I know a lot of our listeners will probably resonate with, when facing retirement and the, the what next question hearing you sort of talk about not just about your what can you do with your time but thinking about all of the gifts all the things you've learned and being able to then put them into a plan or put them to, to take them forward and and our theme actually for 2022 is activation and and how you approach activating your ideas and i think you've already outlined a few things of the steps that you took there but what was critical you know, for you in turning this idea into reality? Because I know we all have good intentions. 
but the challenge is sometimes going from you know, the idea and, and even formulating a strategy to actually implementing. So what would you say was critical to you know, making that a reality? Yeah, yeah, it's such a great point. You know, ideas are great, but it's really about execution and activation uh, that makes the difference. So with my main goal being to launch the non-for-profit for our shared humanity, my focus was on what was that next step? How could I gain credibility through action? The idea was to literally walk down the middle of the country, right, from top to bottom, from West Hope, North Dakota to Hope, Texas, and I was looking for common ground. I wanted to slow things down to the pace of walking, to look, listen, and learn. It was in first person at eye level, and with every step, I wanted to shape a voice through documentation that I could later share cross-generationally and influence some change. The idea of walking the 1,700 miles, it's daunting. So in preparation, I needed to break it down into very simple, consumable steps. I needed to establish physical conditioning as a base to the foundation uh, for my emotional, mental, and spiritual toll that this challenge was going to have on me and my family. It all came back to repurposing my energy and my talents to do something that I love with purpose. So a couple of the ideas around activation. The first thing I did, most importantly, was to get Carol, my sons, and my extended family buy-in and get their support so I could feed off of their enthusiasm and their energy during six months that I set aside for the preparation. I looked to bring in outside resources in support. I had to find experts to help me and guide me in forming the non-for-profit. That included you guys at, at UBS, and I'm very grateful for, for your support. I had to find and work with a nutritionist to establish strong gut health as a core to my physical conditioning. I also worked with a physical trainer and a chiropractor on my flexibility and recovery techniques because I was going to be walking eight hours a day consecutively over four months, 120 days, 16 straight weeks. So in order to turn that into reality, some of the critical steps, uh, it was recruiting the team to join me on the road and remotely to support what I was trying to bring to life. And I needed their help for four months. So that was very important to, to recruit uh, somebody that can handle logistics, uh, documentation, and, and some of the marketing support that I was going to need. I also drove the entire route from top to bottom with this small team in order to assess the accuracy and the safety of my planned route in order to make some advanced connections in the 90-plus towns that I was going to be walking through and, most importantly, to do some team building with this team that was going to be together. Uh, my son, Andrew, and I, we officially launched the FOSH website at 1 o'clock in the morning, the day that I was starting my walk on July 4th out of West Hope, uh, North Dakota. Every minute counted, every step counted, and I took advantage of the resources that were at hand. What's coming across to me, John, is you know, the reason for your success in business, your meticulous planning, all the things that you need to be a successful person, you've articulated there and brought it into you know, this, this this venture, it's driving the route and you know, bringing your family along with you. It sounds like um, a recipe for success. But one of the things, I, I'm an old soldier, and we used to have a saying that uh, no plan survives contact. I, I wondered what was the most 
unexpected part of the journey, despite having done all that planning, was there a positive outcome or something which you didn't foresee, which an outcome which you thought, actually, I wasn't expecting this, but it's great? Yeah, I'll start with, you know, maybe the most unexpected. Um, without question, the time and the effort that we needed as a small group just to find common ground amongst ourselves. We were three grown men uh, spanning three generations that volunteered our time to do this. We were living out of an RV for four months together under intense physical conditions. And we were away from our families, facing the unknown every single day. I didn't realize how difficult that was going to be just amongst the three of us that were on site together to find common ground amongst ourselves in order to productively and effectively work and have fun while we were doing it to keep that smile on our face because we were going to be connecting with so many people, documenting all these conversations along the way. We needed to be the best versions of ourselves. And that was difficult under the conditions that we had. As far as the positive outcomes, boy, I mean, to narrow it down uh, is almost impossible. But I thought of three that, that, I, that, I, that I felt would, could share with your listeners today. The first being, you know, we were invited off the street into strangers' homes as we walked down these paths. This, it was incredible to be connected in every state, the six states that we walked through, connected with other humans that were willing to open their doors and invite us in. And we learned firsthand how much everyone agreed that the need to find common ground and to unite our nation, how important that was. Secondly, uh, a great outcome was uh, while I was walking through Enid, Oklahoma, I was greeted on the street by 650 pre-K through fifth grade students and the faculty at Chisholm Elementary School. And I was invited into the school to speak to the student body after a chance encounter the day before with a faculty member when I was in a Starbucks. The way that that unfolded, it was magical. And to be able to validate that speaking to the next generation about our cause was going to be very powerful. And then finally, to take a simple grassroots social media plan that we had that was basically just documenting some conversations and planting those seeds along the way, to be able to gain enough momentum along the way to become a national story on CBS Morning Show, which was completely unsolicited, they found us. Uh, that, that was magical. They found us and they brought our voice to a national audience this past October, helping cement our platform, at least the step first steps of our platform. Super cool stuff. That's very cool. I, I'm drawn to the comment you made about communicating to the next generation. And one of the things we try to do as a team at UBS in the family advisory part is to bridge the generations within families uh, yeah, and to find the common ground. Uh, and often in order to find the common ground, you need to get outside your comfort zone and you need to leave behind some assumptions or some closely held beliefs to move forward. And I wonder whether any assumptions about the younger generation that you needed to, to leave behind or step away from in order to learn and connect with the rising generation. Yeah. You know, bridging the divide that I was trying to, um, trying to approach and, 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 and handle the cross-generational bridging is one of the most important. Learning from generation to generation, to me, is missing and is one of the most important things. So that was a key point when I defined the purpose of my steps. 
uh, it was so important to peel away generational labels and to truly see fellow humans through what we have in common, no matter what the age. To personally leave behind any preconceived ideas that I might have had and, and thought, you know, why was there a divide or why were we not connected? I had to leave those behind. I had to take time to just instead look, listen, and learn. Much of our current divide is a function of focusing solely on our differences, the lack of true human first-person eye-to-eye connections. It's just, it's just not there. So to slow things down, literally to the pace of walking, stay in the moment with my eyes up and my heart open to the possibilities was really important. To focus simply on what we have in common, appreciating the differences, but not letting those differences solely define us was critical. The next step that we take is the most important. It's all about the next step. And it's not always about the miles we walk, but it's about the steps that we take. The rising generation has so much to offer, Liam, and a cross-generational connection in unity. It'll open doors to gratitude and appreciation for our commonalities for future generations to benefit from. Every action counts. Allow small positive steps and actions to trickle out and make a difference. That's all I was trying to do. And I wanted to anchor in the simplicity of that so that I could remove all the complexity. I think in a short space of time on just talking to you here, you've, you've certainly challenged me. The look, listen, and learn phrase, I thought it, it, it's so helpful because so often I, I, I jump into talking or want to tell or and actually just to have that little mindset, it, it, it's really helpful. And John, there's going to be, I'm really grateful for this time today. And I know you've got so many more stories and learnings from that. Where's the best place for people to go to to follow your journey? Yeah, our, our website, Liam, I think is the best. it's chock full of information for OurShareHumanity.org uh, is a great place to start. Uh, from there, you can link to all of our social pages. Um, you can look at all the posts that we posted over the 120 days on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, videos, audios, conversations. Um, all of that is access accessible uh, through our website. And uh, I would appreciate uh, the audience um, to and your listeners um, to, to take some time and slow some things down and, and maybe go to the website and take a look at, at our mission and the next steps that we're trying to take in achieving uh, some unity across our country. Much needed unity. John, thank you so much. Thank you for providing inspiration for us. Not a bad time of year, beginning of the year, to take that advice and stop, take some time, listen and learn. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. It was inspiring to hear how you intentionally developed this idea and laid out the steps for living your legacy. I also want to thank our listeners for sharing in this journey with you, John, today. Each month, we're going to be publishing a new episode of Living Your Legacy, which will explore inspiring stories like yours, how others have worked towards defining and contributing to their legacies. Thank you so much, John, and, and thank you to our listeners for lending us your ears. It was truly my pleasure, Liam. Thank you. 
The information in this discussion has been prepared by and reflects the opinions and various investment views of the speaker. UBS Financial Services, Inc. has not independently verified such information and does not guarantee its accuracy or completeness. This information is being provided to you for your information purposes only and does not constitute a recommendation or an endorsement by UBS Financial Services, Inc. of the author, the securities, or views stated herein. Any specific security Securities discussed should not be considered a recommendation or solicitation to buy or sell any particular security. You should not assume that any investment in any of the securities was or will be profitable. UBS Financial Services, Inc. or its affiliates and its employees are not affiliated with any third-party speakers mentioned. UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, different in material ways. We are governed by different laws and separate arrangements it is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.